News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Talking about the Attorney General's appearance before the Senate Judiciary Committee yesterday up on Capitol Hill, Merrick Garland uh, saying, look, 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 we're, you know, targeting parents, but we're not targeting parents. I don't know why you guys think we're targeting parents, even though we're, you know, marshalling all of the forces of the alphabet agencies in the Department of Justice to, you know, make sure that there's no threats or violence or anything like that occurring. Which, by the way, all of that would just be, those would be local issues, right? Now, I read uh, an email before the news there from Kathy, who said that school boards are changing their rules. Um, so, you know, you're not allowed to applaud. And I, I just would point out, I have seen school boards do this. CMS has done this. Others, uh, other boards have done this. Elected boards have done this. Where instead of clapping, you do the uh, sign language equivalent of applause, which is the you hold your hands up and you wave them, you shake them. And that's applause. Uh, so I've seen that before, and the, the rationale for this was that when you cheer and applaud, you take time away from the speaker who is down there making comments, and then now they can't be heard, so they stop talking, and then they run out of their time. And if you only got two minutes to make your point, and you're given a lot of applause lines, like I probably would, you know, then um, you, you, you're going to lose a lot of time, because people don't build into their speeches room for applause, unlike me. But then for some reason, I always end up really, really short. Anyway, uh, not allowed to address a specific board member or employee. I have seen this as well. You're not allowed to. This The city council, Charlotte City Council, has had this rule for, for 20 years. I don't know if they still do, but they did 20 years ago, which was you're not allowed to make personal attacks or directly engage with a member of the board or staff. And so you can't go after somebody. Um. You're only allowed to speak about a subject on the agenda. That's pretty standard Robert's rules. You're not allowed to go down if the board's got, you know, 10 agenda items. And like one of them is, you know, I don't know, the the sale of some property. You can't go down there and say, I want to talk about the sale of the property. Sign up to talk about that for that agenda item. And then when it's your time to speak on that agenda item, you talk about something else. You got to talk about the agenda item. Otherwise, people would just come down there and talk about whatever. Now, there's usually a period at the end of the or beginning of the meeting where you get to speak about whatever you want. There's just an open public comment period. So that's when you would make your uh, comments. But um, I have seen this before. Uh, if they you know, try to cut out that open comment period, then, yes, they don't want to hear you go off script. And then they, they get to... Uh, constrain the discourse by limiting the agenda to only things they want to talk about. Um, and then you got to give your name and address before speaking. That has been going on forever. That's been going on forever. You got it. When you go down to sign up, you got, because they want to know who the person speaking is and whether they are a constituent or not. And what a lot of times they're able to determine is that the people who show up to speak might not actually be residents of the jurisdiction, right? They could be outside agitators. They could be paid spokespeople or something, and they don't even live in the jurisdiction at like a city council meeting and you live outside the city limits and you're coming down there to tell them, you know, how to govern, they can then ignore you. Now, I understand the flip side of that is that, you know, that can be used to target people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm not sure that these things are new, but they are... 
um, I would say that they are probably uh, being adopted now by more boards that don't want to listen to <laughs> what the uh, what the parents are screaming at them. Um. All right, so. Uh, all right, so Dean has responded. Uh, sorry, just so you understand, you say things, then I think things, and then I try to put into coherent sentences, and I have to type letter by letter on my tiny little phone. By then, you are two miles down the road. I apologize and do listen and respect you even when you're rambling and saying nothing, <laughs> which is pretty frequently. Um, everyone, he then goes on to say, Everyone always said I looked like the detective on Hill Street Blues who broke ground by exposing his rear end on national TV. Nobody would ever tell me I looked like his face or uh, whether I looked like his face or his behind. (laughs) Dean, that was not Hill Street Blues. That was NYPD Blue. What was that guy's name? Sipowitz. That was the actor. Um... Yeah, of all the butts that you don't want to see. Sipowitz, Sipowitz, Sipowitz. Joseph says, Pete, everybody keeps saying how glad they are that Merrick Garland isn't on the Supreme Court, but if he were there, he'd be buffered by at least four other justices. As Attorney General, he could take action and has a small army of willing goons under him to carry out his orders. True, but it's not a lifetime appointment. That's the key. Um... What was the other thing? Uh, Jonathan Turley. Last thing on on the Merrick Garland appearance. Attorney General Garland testified in Congress to assure members that he does not believe that parents protesting at school board meetings are domestic terrorists. He insists that there was nothing to be worried about because the FBI would simply be monitoring what these parents say or do at school meetings. See, it's totally not an investigation. They're just monitoring. Promises of such, quote, unobtrusive investigations or operations ignore the obvious. Any national enforcement or monitoring effort is, by definition, obtrusive, particularly when it comes to free speech. Also, do we really think that the FBI monitoring is going to be unobtrusive? I mean, we all saw the pictures from that rally uh, in D.C., couple weeks back right with the with all the federal agents standing around <laughs> they all look the same dressed the same <laughs> like totally not undercover what was that show was it dragnet or something from like the 60s or something where the fbi got busted because the the agent was wearing wingtips with his fake hippie outfit okay the uh, justice department announced that it would be creating a national effort to address threats against school administrators, board members, teachers, and staff, including, quote, open, dedicated lines of communication for threat reporting, assessment, and response. And this announcement came right after the school board association asked for this action and and suggested in their letter the use of the Patriot Act. While the Justice Department memo itself does not mention domestic terrorists or the Patriot Act, the Justice Department's press release pledged to include the National Security Division in the effort. And that is troubling. Now, (music) 
News Talk 1110-993 WBT, the Pete Callender Show. We are infrastructure. This show is infrastructure. I should get some money. So here's the question Jonathan Turley asks. I think this is the vital question regarding the Department of Justice's uh, approach, shall we say, with unruly parents at school board meetings. And here it is. If these are not matters of domestic terrorism, because that's what the, the National School Boards Association suggested in its letter to the DOJ, to the White House, which then prompted the memo from the DOJ to tell all of these organizations inside the federal government to get together and start talking about it, right? So if, if these are not matters of domestic terrorism, why is the DOJ implementing this effort? The letter does not cite any pattern of criminal threats or uh, interstate or federal profile on any of these people or organizations. When asked about alleged sexual assaults in Loudoun County, Virginia, in the school bathroom involving the transgender student, right, Merrick Garland insisted that such violence sounds like a local case. And the Justice Department would not get involved in that because that's not a federal case. Yet the Justice Department just announced that it would get involved with any such threats or violence in school board meetings. Why is that a matter of federal jurisdiction? The only reason why the feds would be involved, if it's not for intimidation and targeting purposes, then it's because there's some sort of federal crime occurring. What would that be? Telling parents that the Justice Department is simply monitoring school board meetings creates an obvious chilling effort on speech. It's like a police car following you on the highway for miles just to see if you violate any law. It has an impact on how you act. Indeed, he says, the purpose of the National School Board Association letter seemed designed to have that effect. Here's the thing. like Even if they all walk this stuff back, the message was sent. That was the point, right? The Justice Department then amplified that effect by quickly announcing that it would carry out the national effort and released a press statement referring to various departments being brought into the fight, including the National Security Division. This idea that this is going to be as unobtrusive as possible doesn't mean it's going to be unobtrusive. By mere announcement, it is obtrusive. And the people who are defending this are the very same people in North Carolina that said we could not possibly pass a law that increased the penalties for rioting and looting, that we couldn't possibly do that because, you know, people might think that they can't go out to the streets and, you know, protest. Like, no. If you go out to the streets and you're just protesting and you're walking around and you're chanting, who's street, my street, right, that's all you're doing, then... You're free to continue to do that. Now, if you start breaking stuff, you start hurting people, well, now we're going to arrest you, and you're going to face a harsher penalty. And and you had people on the left say that that had a chilling effect on the First Amendment rights of protesters, that that had a First Amendment chilling effect. But this, the use of federal agencies to monitor and investigate parents who may say some stuff at a school board meeting that some of the school board members aren't aren't cool with? That that's not chilling. Please. Yeah, this is par for the course. 
And it, I just, I find it comical in an ironic but not funny sort of way that the very people who spent the last five years in some sort of, you know, paranoid frenzy about uh, our descent into authoritarianism have no problem, no problem with the weaponization of these federal agencies against people, just like they didn't have a problem when they targeted the Tea Party. They don't. They don't have a problem when they target the uh, the right. They they don't. So these are the standards now. So I guess, we, and, and, and by the way, if these are the rules, then... You should be terrified. You should absolutely be terrified when a Republican gets the reins of power. You should. Right? Because these are the rules you guys are laying out to weaponize these bureaucracies, these agencies against half of the country. If everybody adopts these rules, you're not going to like it. Um, Let's see. Andy asked me, did I hear a story correctly about the middle school? Something in a middle school. Yeah, there was an art teacher that was, um, yeah, that was, I believe that was a WBT radio exclusive. I believe. I heard it earlier today as well. I don't have any scripts for it, though. But, uh, yeah, it. Well, uh, I think it was at uh, Kennedy Middle where some art teacher substitute uh, gave some sixth graders graphic pornography. For art, obviously. I mean, come on. It's art, people. I mean, okay, fine. So it's like, you know, people committing sex acts on each other. And I think there may have been some, like, child porn thrown in there, too. But it's art. Come on. What are you, like, Mark Robinson or something? Where you some, like, troglodyte? Come on. Um, by the way, you've been hearing us talking about uh, the supply chain stuff going on. Oh, actually, I just got another picture. Somebody sent me a picture of the... Uh, the vessel, oh, whoops. No, 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 that's McAfee. Wrong email, Pete. Vessel picture. Oh, my gosh. That's just nuts. Um, people getting in line for Black Friday. Oh, that's not true. They're, not, they're swimming out to the ships to get the Black Friday sales. Okay, that's not an actual picture. I apologize, but we got supply chain problems going on, so... If you were thinking about getting a bike for the big uh, bike donation drive that we do every year, please uh, think about doing it sooner rather than later. Pick one up now so you'll have the bike ready to go when we are ready to go as well. I appreciate that. Also, Talktoberfest tonight. Give you details on that uh, in a little bit. Right now, let's get details on some newsy items with Mark Muller. Hey, hey, this is Newsy, Pete. Have you yes. heard Have you heard what Facebook is changing their name to? Facetube? That, that's a good one. Thank no, you. Meta. M-E-T-A, Meta. Yeah, just came over. It says the name change reflects the company's growing ambitions beyond social media. It's very Meta. There you go. So now we can't check Facebook anymore. We have to check Meta. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. That's Pearl Jam. Uh, All right. Who is this? What's this guy's name? Matt? Is it Matt? Hello, Matt. Is this Matt? Maddie, yeah, Matt, I, Matthew. How are you doing, Pete? I'm well. How are you? Good. You're doing a lot of great stuff today, but I want to change the, the subject a little bit here, real quick. Why do you on think? The wait, new... wait, wait, hey, hey, wait, wait. What do you mean you're going to change stuff? <laughs> well, I, I wanted to talk about the the what the the legislature is passing here on the North Carolina Green Energy Act. Yeah. And what that means for Charlotte. Okay. And are you, are you yeah, like I, a lobbyist or something? No. No. Do you work no, for but an I, energy company? I have 
I have uh, worked in the past for an energy company, but I just want I want to talk about the realities of the situation. Okay. All right. Okay. Here. Okay. We all want clean, reliable, affordable energy, right? Uh, Everybody can get behind that. Uh, so, for for North Carolina, uh, that means hydroelectric. It means wind or solar. Uh, okay. Best hydro hydro locations already been built out. All right. Fine. So. That means wind or solar. Yeah. To do that, you need large, flat, cheap tracts of land to be viable. Okay? There aren't any of those around Charlotte. You, there are no large, flat, cheap tracts of land. Okay? The wind doesn't well, what's around Sh- wait, 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 wait. What, 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 what do you consider to be around Charlotte? Well, I'm, I, I don't know of any, anywhere close by. What does that mean, though? Like, give me a proximity. Well, uh, here's where it's going to be. I'll just... Just cut to the chase. What we're oh, really talking about windmills on the coastal plains of North Carolina. You know, oh. that's where you've got large, flat, cheap land. You've got reliable wind. And that's what's going to happen is they're going to build all these giant windmill farms in eastern North Carolina. Okay. Because, once again, that's maybe. where the wind blows. Yeah, maybe. You I'm not so sure. Well, you can't build them in the mountains because above 3,000 feet, the air is too thin. Yeah, I don't care. So, so that's what they're going to do. Yeah, gonna I don't know them. that. I don't, well, I don't, I don't know that to be true. Well, I'm, I'm just telling you, Pete. I, I've been in the, I, I've been around. I've been following this long enough to know. Okay. But you're making. But hang on a second, Matt, Matt. Right? Your name is Matt. Right. Okay. Can I call you Matt? All right. Sure. So, um, here's the thing. You're you're speculating, right? You're guessing, and it may be an informed guess, right? Right. But right. It's still just a guess. Right. Because you don't know the future, and if you do. Please uh, send me an email with the lottery picks. I would appreciate it. But so you don't you don't know these things to be true. So you're just guessing. Well, no, but but you have to look at the really the facts are that, that we don't have reliable solar radiation. You're making a whole bunch of assumptions, though. You're making a whole well, bunch of assumptions. You're right. Yeah. You're right. They could they could decide to build to 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 buy very expensive land here and build windmills here. They could buy very expensive land here and they could build. Solar farms. You keep here. saying here. You keep saying here, and I asked you for proximity, and you won't say the well, proximity. Within, within the Charlotte metro area. Okay, well, how okay. far? All right, so if, you, if I'm standing at Trade and Tryon, how far out? Okay, within 60 miles. Okay, so they're already building tons of solar farms in surrounding counties that are pretty flat. A lot of farmland getting turned into solar farms. Yeah, but, but why is that? Why is that? Why are they building it here when they're, they're flat? Not- Reliable solar radiation in this area. No, I'm, look, I'm not a look. I'm not a fan of saying like, "Hey, let's turn them all into solar uh, solar farms because that's a fantastic energy source." I'm not right. defending it. I'm not supporting it. I'm saying that's where that kind of stuff is happening. You're the one that's focusing on the wind. There are other elements of the uh, the, the green energy plan, right? All of this stuff, right. and, and solar is a big part of it. The other part of it is rooftops, getting solar panels on the tops of roofs. Right. That could be but, a game that, changer. That, that's true. That is that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. But understand it it's cost twice as much to put solar, I, solar I understand panels that. on a house than it does in a in a commercial farm. Not I understand that, but as long as we're speculating, I can speculate that they come up with a cost effective way to make roofing shingles uh solar power generating. I can speculate like that too. You can speculate like that. Yeah. Thank how you. much but we go back to you're right, they could do that. And you look at what Warren Buffett and Bill Gates built those giant solar farms out in California. Okay, and they didn't just build it in cheap areas; they built it in some pretty expensive areas. And how much were they charging for their power? I don't know. I and mean, that's really what it comes I don't down live in to. California. We didn't know. We didn't know until PG and E went bankrupt two years ago, and we found out that Warren Buffett and and Bill Gates were charging seven times 
the going rate for solar power, and PG&E was buying it and lumping it. So, yeah, you well, thank goodness we don't have PG&E. Yeah. Well, thank goodness, yes, but you can build solar here. Just find out how much you're going to pay for it. You know, the Germans. What are we doing Germans, here? Uh, well, what's going on here, Matt? What's happening here? What's go, what's going saying. on? Yeah, I'm you, just saying. What's going to happen? The no, 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 no. I mean, what's going on with this call? I'm just trying to say. I'm, I'm telling you, my, my educated guess, you're right. My educated guess is they're going to build giant wind farms in eastern North Carolina. Mm-hmm. The power is going to be consumed in eastern North Carolina. And here in western North Carolina, we're going to subsidize that, even though we won't consume the power. I don't know. I kind of like our odds with the big nuclear plants here. And and that's cool. Yeah, I, I'm a big big fan of nuclear power. As am I. I. You no, know, and when when we were all on lockdown last year. Yeah. Okay. A hundred percent of our power needs mm-hmm. in the Charlotte metropolitan area yeah. were being provided by those nuke plants. hundred percent of, of electricity. Nuke, nuke, we nuke, were a hundred percent carbon free during that period in time. We're awesome. So. So I'm just saying, I, I appreciate I appreciate you, Pete. Yeah, yeah, thank um, you. No, I, so I'm what just, do you think just, about talking to whales? <laughs> Have you heard this? I don't, I, I don't know. You haven't heard you know, this? I, I haven't. Uh, Wait, so talked talking about, about speculation, uh, they're saying that humans could soon talk to whales. Artificial intelligence will decode the clicking sounds made by the marine animals, and we'll be able to chat with the whales. Well, would you want to talk to a whale? What would you say to a whale? Yeah, what would you say? <laughs> I I don't know what I'd say to a whale. I don't know either. Um, He'd probably say, know. "Don't build those wind farms out here in the ocean." Too. He probably right. wouldn't want them in his backyard either. Ryan, why did the? Yeah. What? Never mind. I, all right. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> Thanks, Pete. I right. appreciate it. All, right, thank I, you. So all I said is I didn't want. I don't want them to build solar far, uh, giant windmill farms in eastern North Carolina, and for us to all pay for it. I got you. On this side. I got you. Talk to you later. All right, buddy. Thank you. All right, that's Matt. He waited a very long time to tell us that, so I appreciate that. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Head on over to 704coatdrive.com, and uh, you can get a list of the collection barrels we've got all around. Uh, One is at the uh, Dilworth Neighborhood Grill, by the way. I saw that the other day. And... uh, Yeah, so donate a new or like new coat, and you can also do a monetary donation at the website. All goes to the uh, Salvation Army of Greater Charlotte for the coat drive. We're looking for new and like new coats, please, not the nasty old ones. Appreciate that. All right, so a team of international scientists recently launched an ambitious project to listen to, contextualize, and translate The communication of a certain kind of whale. With the goal of talking to the majestic marine animals. The initiative is called Project SETI. C-E-T-I. Cetacean Translation Initiative. No. No, 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 no. You don't get to do that. This, this... These rules on acronyms are pretty clear. You don't get to do uh, the first two letters of the first word and then only the first letters of the next two words. So you, if it's going to be C-E from the first word, then it has to be T-R and then I-A, uh, I-N. So that would be Cetrin. 
That's what the project should be called. CETRIN or CTI. Anyway, they are harnessing the power of artificial intelligence to interpret the clicking sounds or the codas of sperm whales uh, that they make to communicate with one another. Researchers are using natural language processing or NLP. Oh, so you got that acronym all right. A subfield of AI that's focused on processing written and spoken human language. It'll be trained, uh, which will be, yeah, trained. That, that's incorrectly written. This is a terribly written piece, Stacy Liberatory. At, maybe it was written by a whale. At the, it may be. Maybe this is a whale translator. <laughs> this is like, a, would you be able, will we be able to, if they do this, I'm assuming then you'll be able to do like a Google Translate, like into whale. Right. So this raises a whole bunch of possibilities, but also some pretty important questions like Scott Lincecombe from uh, Cato Institute. He's a, a, a senior fellow with the Cato Institute. He's also a, a professor at Duke University. And uh, he pointed out there's going to be a lot of pressure on the first human that makes contact. Right. Like, who are we going to send as a representative of the human species to go talk to this whale first? Like Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, Mark Zuckerberg, we got to send one of our rich people. Is that the deal? I mean, if they fund the research, because think about it. I mean, what Lincecum says is like, if they say something stupid, like the whales may never respect us again. That's a real possibility. And then what? We got a bunch of angry whales dissing us all over the place i don't want to be on the ocean with that kind of uh uh, threat right i mean think of all the ocean liners all these cruises just you know cruising around as they do and all of a sudden you get a pack of these whales and like oh they're those stupid humans you know called us orca they're gonna protest outside sea world you never know oh they do they even know about sea world what happens if they find out about sea world Right? I mean, really, this opens up. What if they find out that, like, we use their names as punchlines and puns? Right? Then what? They're going to find out that we mock them. We call people, we insult fat people by calling them whales. Right? Well, I mean, we don't anymore because that's insensitive and you shouldn't do that. That's just mean. But back in the day, like... I'm sure there are some people that are still alive that's, that, that did that at some point in their lives when it was more socially acceptable. And, uh, you know, whales are going to find out about that. Because at some point, like, we're going to be able to communicate with them, and then they're going to say, well, give me the translator too, because I want to know what you're saying as well when you guys take that thing off. Because if it's only a one-way thing, they're going to be like, no, 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 i got to be able to understand what you're saying because you could be, you know, trying to kill us or something. Which, again, they would not be wrong about some of that. Like, we do have a bit of a history here of killing them and then, you know, using their fat to heat our lamps, right? To use, to, 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 use, uh, to heat our homes and to burn in our lamps. So, <clears throat> yeah, I, I'm just saying there's a lot of ways this could go wrong. Now, Lincecum points out that he would lead off with, like, a blubber joke and then uh, try to avoid the whole harpooning thing. I think that's sound advice. Um, My question, though, is, like, even before that, because I think uh, Lincecum is, like, skipping ahead here to the meat. And I'm more concerned, like, who uh, who do you get to do that? 
Like, do you go with a really fat person? Like, so, you know, because, like, then you identify with the person. Yeah, I mean, that's just, it's, the, you know, you, you've seen these, the science, right? This is the science. I didn't make this up. The science says that people are more attracted to other people that have the same uh, sort of facial structure. So if you have, like, you know, like an eye, uh, like one eye is a little bit lower than the other. Like, you're not, like, a, uh, that's the word, symmetry, like a, an asymmetrical face, right? People who have asymmetrical faces that are similarly asymmetrical in the same way, then they find each other to be more attractive. And maybe that's just because you look at yourself in the mirror all the time and you see that and that you identify with it, right? I don't know. I I, I cannot explain it. It's science. But if you're trying to connect with these creatures, like, do you go in like, hey, I'm a big whale too. Like, do you find like the world's largest person, you know? Or, oh, maybe we could do, like, a virtual reality thing where you get somebody who's really good at, like, whale diplomacy or something uh, or, you know, uh, speaks with fishes or something, and they're very good at that. And then you can, like, project, like, the avatar of them as a whale. We could do, like, a 3D kind of deal. Maybe. I'm just spitballing here. There are no bad ideas under the cone of creativity. This is a safe space. Okay. For these types of ideas. So there's that question I have. Like, do you go really big or... Do you go the other direction? Do you find like the the world's smallest person who obviously is skilled in whale diplomacy and you get them to to uh, approach the whales? Because the, being a small person, then they would be like, look, I'm not threatening. I'm a small person. And, you know, maybe somebody without thumbs. Because thumbs can be, it is with horses. Horses, like you show your thumbs to the horses and the horse is like, whoa, what is that? You know, it's unsettling to a horse. They recognize the thumbs equal superiority. Is that an antiquated idea? Sorry, I don't mean to don't mean to be all speciest here. But I do kind of think the thumbs are they're jamming. Like they're pretty good. Like if if I didn't have these thumbs, like I I injured my thumb like a week ago just on one hand. And it's it just working with one thumb, it was kind of terrible. But uh but yes, like horses, they see the thumbs, they freak out. So what would the whales do? They've probably already seen our thumbs. When we hold our harpoons, what I wonder what stories they tell about the people on the boats. Do they even know what a boat is? Do they think a boat is a whale that just floats on top of the water? Like, I have so many questions about these whales and talking to the whales. Do they know what television is? By the way, if they do know what television is, we might want to clean the shelves of, like, the Orca movies. It's not good. I'm just saying. Like, we killed a bunch of whales in the Orca movies. And, like, we made them look really mean. Oh, my gosh. Could you imagine, like, if it turned out that the killer whales actually weren't the real killers of the whale population all this time? Like, we've just been, like, stereotyping them. And, in fact, it's actually the sperm whales or the humpback whales. Why? Also, they may say, like, what's up with that name whale? That's not even what we are. And they have a whole different name for themselves. I'm sure they do, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. They probably don't call themselves whales. I don't know. It was so obvious. It plum evaded me. Um, remember, Talktoberfest is tonight. I don't know if they're going to talk whales. I don't know if they're going to talk with whales, but they're going to talk. Bo Thompson and Brett Winterbull. Talktoberfest, head on over to the WBT Facebook page. Uh, that's where uh, I will be. I'll be hanging out there. Uh, maybe I'll be throwing some questions about whale communications. It'll be a whale of a time. From start to fin-ish. 
I wonder if whales will appreciate my puns. Hey, I wonder if they'll appreciate puns. They might. You don't know that. All right, I do know this. Brett Winterbull's coming up next. Stay tuned. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. I'll see you tomorrow. Don't break anything while I'm gone.